got some good news for you. Hey, everybody, gather near. The doctor's in the house, so lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in the house. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored, with today's episode 455. And I think we're off a few. I think we have more than this. But welcome, everybody. And I do welcome you with an attitude of gratitude. Gratitude is such a fantastic emotion that is measurable by the amount of, of hormones it releases. I hope everyone is doing good out there. Um, I am just back from a, a stay up in Pennsylvania, again, uh, visiting another hospital and seeing the ravages of uh, Parkinson's disease. And we'll get to that uh, with a, uh, a real good program with a specialist in uh, Parkinson's, as, and, which will include Dr. Will Wong. Uh, because it is just devastating and how this disease does depend on pharmacological treatment. Okay, there are some root causes that no one talks about, like drinking well water in a, in a farm area and, and exposed to pesticides and herbicides and toxins. And, you know, we are exposed to more and more toxins every day. We have physical toxins. I've talked to you about them. The radiation, the chemical toxins, the plasticizers, the pesticides, the benzene. And we have biological toxins now, huh? viruses and bacteria. There's another type of toxin that, again, it requires a whole podcast, and that's emotional toxins. And as many of us know, they could be more harmful than physical or biochemical toxins. Because why? They're always with us. Sometimes we lose sleep over it and they, they, they bug us. So we have to realize that our health is like money, ladies and gentlemen. Like Josh Billing said, we never have a true idea of the value of health until we lose it like money. So health is like money. Think of that. We never have a true idea of its value until we lose it. And a billion people now have chronic diseases worldwide. 80% of people over 65 have at least one chronic condition. Is there any reason, any wonder, any wonder why we spend so much money or going broke in this healthcare industry controlled by the big pharmaceutical companies. And you know, we have a lot of these things that nag us and we just put it off. We have some high blood pressure, diabetes, we're overweight, we're obese. We have some arthritis pains, chronic pain. We have high cholesterol and nobody talks about the root cause of high cholesterol. No, your physician will just say, you know, we'll give you a drug. And they give you a drug which lowers your vitamin D, gives you Parkinson's disease, gives you diabetes. And if that doesn't work, we'll add more. You know, we have Alzheimer's disease and dementia. 
Nobody looks at the root causes. Could it be the drugs you're taking? Could it be the anticholinergics, the antidepressants? And how many people over age 65 are lonely and are socially isolated? That's a cause of chronic symptoms. You get addicted to drugs and drug use. You get put on one drug, you have a, a side effect of that drug, which most physicians don't even read the package inserts, but they'll give you another drug to get rid of that side effect. And then uh, you have another uh, symptom, they'll give you a drug for that. Rather than getting to the root causes of your problem. And that's why I've been talking about the Rockefeller allopathic, allopathic medicine that most of our MDs today are trained in, controlled by the big pharmaceutical companies. So what do we do? Well, we have to take control of our health. Like I've been telling you for years, you have to be the CEO of your own body. You know, if you have a leak in a pipe and you just keep mopping the floor, that's, you know, the same symptoms are going to come back until you fix, fix that leak. And we do spend a lot of money on healthcare. And the, our doctors, we go to our doctor and he looks at the, uh, his tablet or his nurse came in, gave him a list of the drugs you're taking. And how many of them, how many physicians take the time to look if any of those drugs are reacting with one another? So big medicine today is technology and owned by corporations where most of the physicians are employed. And some of our natural health care practitioners are, are, are following that model and saying, well, you know, you should take St. John's wort for this. You should take valerian root for that. Well, that's no more than putting band-aids on it. We need to get the body perfectly balanced. So are doctors taught how to cure people? Well, they are, but how do they care for people? Is anyone happy with the, the health care these days? Or, or do you see your friends and relatives getting sicker? And how many of them are going near bankrupt from all the medical bills? And how many doctors are complaining of burning out? And when they get that tired and don't like what they're doing, how many of them make mistakes? So is our healthcare system uh, maybe dysfunctional? So that's why we've been doing these programs uh, about health coaching, how to take care of yourself, giving you information. But if you don't act on that information, it doesn't do any good. So today, because I've been uh, just back from uh, seeing how the healthcare system again works in a different hospital, I can tell you that very uh, few physicians are in hospitals these days. It looks to me, and when I look at bills of different uh, people that asked me to, to check them, most of the charges for, is for licensed uh, physician's assistants. There was one hospital I was in last month where there, there was no physician, just a hospitalist, and the hospitalist changes daily. And the physician assistant took over most of the care. So today, I just want to talk a short time about vitamin D because uh, one of my listeners 
did bring up to me uh, the fact that they saw an article about vitamin D aggravating dementia. A, a very essential vitamin that w- that has been shown if it's low, you, you're more susceptible to that, to that Chinese epidemic. And a lot of other things that go wrong uh, when you're low in vitamin D. So, you know, vitamin D can cause muscle weakness. It can cause fatigue. It can cause you to have trouble sleeping. It can cause you to be anxious, cause you to have weakened bones, weakened immune system, and inflammation, right? And and those of you who have listened to me know that inflammation is the base of most chronic diseases. And there's estimates that 40 to 80% of adults in the United States may suffer from a vitamin D deficiency and deficiency symptoms. And that can lead to major health issues, ladies and gentlemen, especially with the cardiovascular disease, diabetes, autoimmune diseases, even cancer. And why should, why are we low in vitamin D? Well, we lack sun exposure and we use sunscreens. Now, if you get out into the sun without a sunscreen for 15 to 20 minutes a day, your body can make about 10,000 units of natural vitamin D. So most of us don't get out in the sun. If we do, it's all, we're only exposing our arms and our legs if we were golfing. So I propose that we have to supplement. And it's easy to supplement because there's a test out called the 25-hydroxyvitamin D test. You know, and if you're over 50 in the, in the result, you have a pretty good level. 80 is probably even better, but if you're over 50, that's, that's a good primary goal. If you're 30 to 50, you, you should be supplementing. Maybe with vitamin D supplement, maybe adding vitamin D to your diet and the foods that you eat. And if you're less than 30, you're very deficiency and you need to take action. The sad part is when the, your doctor gets the result of a vitamin D, the level could be, the normal level could be 30 to 80. And the physician assistant or nurse practitioner gives you a call, says, oh, your vitamin D level is fine, but you need to know the, the number, nanomoles per liter. But you don't have to even know that. You have to know that you want it 50 or better so that you do not get the symptoms that 40 to 80% of U.S. adults incur. We had a hit piece of melatonin a couple months ago, and now we have a little hit piece on vitamin D and dementia. But it was done by analyzing mice, transgenic mice. And they found that people with uh, Alzheimer's disease had low levels. Well, was it caused by the Alzheimer's disease? Was it caused by the fact that they were not converting the inactive vitamin D they were taking to the active form, which has to occur in the liver? That's not in the report. But they did say and it caught the reporter's attention that 
Alzheimer's disease patients should not use vitamin D supplements. But they did not equate the active form of vitamin D3 with the inactive D supplements. And I'm not going to get into all that chemistry. And it was, they, they initially checked these mice and then they analyzed not patients, but records. And came to, came to this conclusion. But there's lots of causes for, for Alzheimer's disease and dementia. And we've talked about it on this program multiple times, like anticholinergic drugs, antihistamines, antidepressants can cause Alzheimer's disease. And if you just take away those medications, you get better. And the results observed in animals are not those that are actually seen in humans. In 2021, a group of physicians from Harvard Medical School concluded that inactive vitamin D supplement was not associated with cognitive decline. Now, that's pretty good for me. As it turned out, over a period of two to three years, generally well-educated participants with supplements of vitamin D3 was unrelated to their cognitive decline. No correlated effects were observed in their verbal memory, executive functioning, attention, and overall cognitive functions. A slight benefit was noted in older black individuals. In another study, over 7.8 years, 4,000 participants taking 400 international units of vitamin D3 and 1,000 milligrams of calcium per day. No association was observed between supplementation and cognitive impairment or dementia. And as I said, if you're low in vitamin D, you're more apt to have hypocalcemia, osteoporosis, rickets, osteomalacia, soft bones, and even psoriasis. So vitamin D does promote calcium absorption. It happens in our intestines. It's needed for bone growth. It's needed to remodel bone so that you heal from fractures. Without sufficient vitamin D, our bones become thin, brittle, and even deformed. Our muscles require vitamin D. And low vitamin D levels are associated with decreased muscle, sp not muscle strength and weakness, and even pain. And vitamin D plays a role in reducing inflammation. And it is essential to neuromuscular and immune function and glucose metabolism. So if you stay indoors for long periods of time with little sunlight exposure, and who, and who does that? Mainly the elderly. And also as we get older, we have a decreased ability to synthesize this vitamin D. So vitamin D is necessary for our health. 
So it's dangerous if the concentration of our vitamin D is too low. And, oh, you know, just like everything else, we don't want it too high either. Therefore, you get the, you, we, the blood test is available. So these, these uh, researchers from Taiwan really uh, didn't do anybody a favor because their, their methodology was not exposed. So you, you get your you get your blood test and you keep your level over fifty either by more sun exposure or supplementation, and as in previous podcasts, you need magnesium. Right, you need to take a magnesium supplement along with the D three. You need vitamin K two so that it does this this vitamin D doesn't allow the calcium to go into your arteries. So with vitamin K two and magnesium and a good diet, you'll be okay. So what foods have vitamin D? Well, halibut, mackerel, eel, wild salmon, wild caught salmon, nut farm raised salmon, sardines, pastured eggs, beef liver, raw milk. When's the last time you saw that? Caviar. Mushrooms, especially the maitakis and the portobello when they're exposed to the ultraviolet light. But vitamin D3 from animal products is the closest to the type of vitamin D3 produced in humans and therefore the, mo- the more active form and believed to convert much faster to vitamin D2. D2. And it's all over the place how much you need, okay? But it's easy to, uh, to determine because there's a blood test for it. And you could take 5,000 units per day if you need it. In most cases, in most cases now, there's little risk in over supplementing. But there is a way to know what's best for you by getting your blood tested. And you may need a higher or lower dose than you're taking. You may need more sun exposure. You may need more sun exposure without a sunscreen. So I hope that clears it up for you a little bit. It does not cause dementia. Dementia and Alzheimer's is not a one cause only disease. It's a multifactorial. Many things can cause it. Maybe you're on a statin drug. That'll knock the heck out of your vitamin D3. And remember, there have been many analyses confirming that vitamin D defends you against I can't even say the word. They'll they'll take the show off. You know, that virus that went around. I think my listeners know what I'm talking about. 
people that have adequate levels did not even go to the ICU. They were, were not, they, they did not have admissions to the ICU. There's really no question in my mind that you have to have an optimal amount of vitamin D3, not a normal amount because a normal could be 30 or 40. You need to be 50 or more. And multiple studies uh, have shown this. And there's, there is a biochemical way that vitamin D works because it boosts our overall immune function. And, and what have we been talking about for two and a half years? That our gut immunity, 80% of our immunity is in our gut. And vitamin D boosts that along with probiotics. And you know what? There was a study here. I don't have it in front of me, but vitamin D was effective in preventing the flu more so than a flu shot. Now, if everything was ideal, you know, the best way to get it would be, you know, get sun on your bare skin. You know, and the best absorption of vitamin D is when your, your shadow is smaller than, than you are. That's the best way to get biological health benefits and the production of it. But just remember, when you supplement, you must take magnesium and vitamin K2. Those three should be taken together. So the most critical factor is your blood level, not the dose you're taking. Again, I hope I'm, I'm making this clear to you. Because without the magnesium, your vitamin D supplementation may backfire on you. Without taking the extra K2, you may have complications associated with excessive calcification. And there's a large percentage of, uh, of us that take vitamin D, right? But if you don't, you will not get significant benefit because it will be stored in its inactive form because if you're magnesium deficient. But again, you can measure this. Your doctor can order you a, a blood test. So I just, I'm not going to go into all the chemistry of it, but just know that, that you need it. The studies show that the vitamin D deficiency causes a multitude of symptoms. And if you do have to supplement, if your blood test is lower than 50, then you must take magnesium and K2. And remember, vitamin D is a steroid. It's vital for, for, for the prevention of many diseases, including type 2 diabetes, age-related macular degeneration, 
which is now the leading cause of blindness. It's essential for Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, and many cancers. It's effective against pneumonia, colds, and flu. There are some physicians that I've been reading about that say if your vitamin D level is below 20, you're definitely inadequate. Well, it really, I think if you're below 30. If you have rheumatoid arthritis, you want to take vitamin D. Okay, one other thing uh, was that there was an article about melatonin. Melatonin, another hormone produced by a pineal gland. And when does it start secreting it? Around nine o'clock at night. So I've had uh, listeners tell me that they're taking melatonin during the day. No, you want to take the melatonin when it is normally secreted by your body. And if you take it around nine o'clock at night and don't watch television or use blue blocking lenses, if you do watch the tube, your body will know that it's time to go to bed. It'll know that bedtime is approaching, ladies and gentlemen. This will allow you to sleep at an ideal time. But you have to also be exposed to light throughout the day. Okay because melatonin production depends on how much light your body absorbs. And if you stay awake past dark, these blue light devices, computers and televisions, hampers your body's ability to produce this melatonin. So you wanna stop those gadgets about an hour before sleeping to help increase the melatonin production. You wanna, you wanna work with your body's rhythm. You know, and I've told you, it is a great antioxidant, no doubt about it. And it definitely can protect against radiation disease, but you don't want to take melatonin during the day unless you're going to be having a CAT scan with a lot of radiation. And as we talked about, you can take 80 milligrams of it, but that shouldn't be the daily dose of it. And you should start low. You should start with a low dose. So there's a lot of people that say, well, you shouldn't be taking melatonin. Well, it's a normal hormone and, and we don't live in an ideal world. And we are exposed to a lot of artificial blue light, especially at night from LEDs and so forth. And we don't get normal, regular sun exposure. Most people stay at their computer all day long. So when nighttime comes, your pineal gland doesn't know what to do. So you don't get the correct melatonin production or even a decreased melatonin production. I've been telling you for years, please turn off your wireless router, your wireless printer and wireless devices before you go to bed. If you have to watch that, that one show, use 
the blue light blocking glasses. And you know, grass-fed meat has melatonin, wild-caught salmon, here we go again, raw grass-fed milk, pineapples, bananas, pomegranates, grapes, and you could, you could look this up, tomatoes. But remember, you can supplement. There's no toxic dose. I mean, Dr. Steven Sinatra has had many discussions about this. And there's many studies showing that it may help you improve your sleep quality. And it can improve your overall health it, because it is a hormone. It can act as an antioxidant and fight those free radicals, especially when exposed to radiation. Melatonin can help insomnia, jet lag, heart disease, menopause symptoms, fibromyalgia, and tinnitus. But if you're on anticoagulants and antiplatelet drugs, If you're on anticoagulants and antiplatelet drugs, do not take melatonin. If you're on anticonvulsants, contraceptive drugs, diabetes medications, immunosuppressants, and probably shouldn't take it if you're pregnant because there's not a lot of study in that field. I wouldn't give it to children or babies. Not enough studies being done on it. So if you're, if, if you're taking melatonin during the day and you're sleepy during the day, well, hey, there, there's your answer. If you find yourself irritable, irritable during the day, you shouldn't be taking that melatonin during the day. Your body doesn't produce it normally during the day. If you find yourself getting confused during the day, it may be because you have too much melatonin, not because you have Alzheimer's or dementia. You've just disrupted your body's clock, the normal rhythm of your body, because you don't make melatonin during the day. And the other, and last thing about melatonin, please don't take it with alcohol. Okay, because of a sedative, they both can make us too too sedate and not and not uh, mentally active enough. And it takes about 20 minutes for it to work. That's why this nine o'clock time has come up. So maybe you, you know, nine o'clock, if you, it takes 20 minutes. Some people may take a little longer. You're going to have to experiment with that, but you want to, you don't want to take it during the day. That's the, that's the, the message. Okay, so we want you to work with your body. We want you to take that thyroid hormone in the body when your body normally excretes thyroid in the morning. You want to take it on an empty stomach. You, and if you're not, your blood tests are still coming back abnormal and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, 
you know, your physician or health practitioner should know to order the correct blood test, including a reverse T3, which is really a measure of how much inflammation your body has. And it's destroying the, the, the active thyroid. And lastly, but not leastly, ladies and gentlemen, you want to try uh, to look for, for solutions within you. Don't let money dictate your life. And do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Happy people tend to trust the process and everything in their lives. They know that nothing is ever too big to handle. And they embrace what life is currently throwing at them. And they get rid of that self-pity. Hard thing to do, but happy people and healthy people live in the present. tough to do. So you got to appreciate those moments of relaxation. Don't be distracted. Try not to dwell on being a victim. Whether it's a breakup or losing your job, domestic abuse. I know it's tough, you know, but if you, if you really want to be happy, you can't dwell on that. Just let them make you stronger and get on with your life. And love yourself for who you are, right? You are what you are. Love that. It's not egotistical to love yourself. Be comfortable in your own shoes. Don't wallow in what others would define you. That's what happy people do. Happy people are healthy people. Happy, healthy, horny, and high, as we say, the four H's. Happy people won't even won't talk about this. They just do it. So don't be afraid of vitamin D. Don't be afraid of melatonin. Know that to work with your body, I think you'll be you'll be okay. All right, that's all I have for today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you uh, act on the advice you just heard. And uh, let's get on with our lives. And uh, I will see you next week uh, with another tip. And then uh, a a big show on on, uh, Parkinson's disease. Stay tuned for that. Okay, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. And let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. 
Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. So if you have a pain, call the doctor. If you have a strain, call the doctor. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. See you next week.